I was Jesus, some better be glad I'm not the Lord. <laughs> I would show up on Super Bowl Sunday because <laughs> I could cut, catch many off guard not looking. Amen. But if you have your Bibles this evening, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. Just to give you a little hint right there, it is the last chapter in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 13. It is the last chapter there. I'm telling you. Life's short. Life is a vapor. Better make sure we're ready. I'm going to preach on the thought is Jesus really in your life tonight. See, people got religion, but they don't have Jesus. People have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. 2 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 1. This is the third time I come to you in the... In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and before and foretell you as I was present the second time, as if I were present the second time, being absent now, I write to tell them which heretofore have sinned and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you, Ward, is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weak weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we are also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Examine yourselves, whether you be in, your, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know ye not your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that you do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things, being absent, least being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord had given me to edification and not to destruction. I want to speak to you tonight on the thought, is Jesus really in your life um, heavenly father we come before you dear lord this evening lord and we honor you lord and we praise you dear god for everything you've done dear god tonight lord uh, lord we ask god for your anointing dear god and we ask lord for your spirit lord to be upon me dear god uh, to give me the words you would have me to speak oh lord tonight dear lord um, tonight i pray lord for your blessings oh god and pray god for your wisdom dear god uh, lord and i ask god for you to just move dear lord in this service tonight Lord, search hearts, search lies, O oh God. We honor you, Lord, and we give you glory, God. We give you praise and honor and adoration. In that precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen and amen. There is one thing that is certain, and that is life on this earth is short. One moment one could be walking on the earth, and the next moment they could be in eternity. No matter how 
old one is, no matter what their position is, no matter who they are, their name, what they do for a living, no matter whether they're rich or poor, whether they're black, white, red, polka dotted, green, it don't matter. Let me tell you, life, we're life on this earth is short. Just this past week, we know a week ago, we heard the tragic accident of Kobe Bryant and those others that was on that helicopter with him. And one of the statements that I heard being made right there by one of the sportscasters on a daytime show was that he thought Kobe Bryant, he said, I never pictured Kobe Bryant. He said, I could have had 10,000 names on a piece of paper the people that would die today. And Kobe Bryant would have been the very last one that I would have chosen to be in that list. He said, I thought Kobe Bryant was too big to die. Well, the fact is, I know many were in shock, and I know many of them were upset a little bit. The reality is there's not one that's too big to die. The reality is we on this earth, we are not promised another moment upon this earth. The reality is we are not promised another few moments, another breath on this earth. But yet uh, there is one thing that everyone that walks the face of this earth uh, is promised. Um, that is in a time in eternity. Um, that is an eternal destination. Um, the fact is tonight we are promised eternity. Um, we are promised while the bar on this earth is not sure, eternity is sure tonight. Uh, how many know that eternity is sure tonight? Um, you can be in your best health uh, and walk out of here and be on your way to eternity in just a matter of moments. Um, the reality is tonight uh, that one will either spend eternity with Jesus or one will spend eternity in hell separated from Christ tonight separated from the Savior of the world they won't be the they cannot experience the love of God but to every to everlasting anguish and torment my Lord tonight people need to wake up and realize that Jesus is coming they need to realize that Christ is that Christ is the answer tonight that I wouldn't want to walk out of here tonight without knowing Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior I wouldn't want to walk another day without knowing that he ain't with me you see as long as he's with me I've got a hope. I've got a promise that I can be with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords tonight. But I'm going to present to you, and it is the most important question that one will ever answer, is Jesus in my life. I present to church folks tonight, is Jesus really inside of your life? Or does one just have religion? You see, there's a difference between having religion than having Jesus. Did you hear me? Having Jesus, just having religion says, I know about him. But having Jesus inside of you is knowing who he is. Knowing him on a one-on-one -on -one basis. You see, people can have religion, but they may not have Jesus. Did you hear me tonight? And right here in this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church, in other words, <coughs> in verse 5, 
that you need to find out if Jesus is really inside of you. He said you need to examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith or whether you're in a reprobate. You see, here's what was going on when Paul made this statement about telling them they need to take an examination. He said that these people wanted proof that Christ was speaking through Paul. You see, Paul's authority had been challenged right here by many in Corinth. These doing these challenges had demanded proof that Christ had indeed spoke through the apostle. So Paul puts them to the test and tells them, you're the one that needs to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. In other words, Paul was saying to this Corinthian church, is Jesus really in you? Why did they begin to challenge Paul's authority? Why did they begin to challenge what Paul was saying to them? Well, I believe the answer is in the last two verses. In chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians right there, we begin to see what was going on in the church right there. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 and 21. He said, For I fear least when I come, I shall not find you such as I would, and that shall I find be found unto you such as you would not. Least there be debates, envyings, wrath, strife, backbitings, whispering, swellings, and tumults. At least when I come again, my God will humble me among you. And that I shall be well many which have sinned already. And here's a key right there. And have not repented of the uncleanliness and the fornication and the lasciviousness um, which they had committed. Um, what was going on there? Um, they did not like what Paul had to say. Uh, so they began to challenge the authority of Paul. Uh, they wanted to live like however they wanted to live. Uh, they wanted to do as the things they wanted to do. Uh, the key right here, they had already sinned, but they would not repent. Uh, they have not already repent. Uh, and that's the reason Paul began to write this letter to them and I'm telling you we'll find out he was being stern with them but the key right there in verse 12 chapter 12 verse 21 was and have not repented they did not want to change their way they didn't want to ask God for forgiveness right there and it seemed like Paul was giving them a strong rebuke it seemed like Paul was kind of bringing the hammer down because the people had not repented uh, of their sins and it seems uh, that many in that church uh, did not want to repent of their sin um, and let me tell you what the problem was uh, many were more in love with the world than they were in love with God how many know that uh, I know we mess up uh, but we can repent today amen uh, but this is right here in an example of people that did not want to repent uh, and the hammer with Paul was bringing the authority down right there uh, but I'm telling you today people are in love with the world people are in love with the things of the world they're in love with the attitude of the world they're in love with the system of the world and they're not in love with God anymore how many know that so what began to happen because they had a love for the world and not a love for God they begin to challenge Paul who are you why are you telling us that why should we believe that Christ is speaking to you the reality 
Antiochus. They didn't want to hear what Paul had to say. They wanted to challenge what Paul was saying. How do we know that it's Jesus inside of you? I can see some of these religious folks now, these backsliders in there. How do you know that it's Jesus? How do we know Jesus is speaking to you? I'll show you here in a minute. But anyway, they didn't like what the apostle was saying to them because he was a rebuking them. How many know as a preacher sometimes got to rebuke some people? Amen. This right here is a case where Paul had to rebuke the church, Midianette church. He was bringing his authority down. Let me tell you what was going on. They were getting mad when Paul began to call them out on their sin and their refusal to repent. Oh, my Lord. Oh, people get so upset when the preachers start calling the sin out. Amen. They get so upset when these preachers cut all the sin out. They want these preachers and tell them they can do whatever they want, live however they want, and everything's going to be all right. They don't want to hear their sin called out. Can I tell you why you won't get too many Pentecostal churches filled up anymore? Because that people don't want to hear their sin filled out, called out. They'll get mad, just like they were doing in Corinth. They said, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Let me tell you who Paul was. He was the chosen one of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello. He was the one pinning down half of these letters right here. He was an apostle. That meant he had authority. It meant he had authority over the church. He was the one that Christ had selected. And then people just did not like what he had to say. It's like today, some people don't like what the preacher's got to say anymore. Oh, you preach too hard. You're too hard on somebody. Well, let me tell you, I'd rather be hard on him than to kiss you into hell. Amen? Hell ain't no joke. Amen? Once you get in, you ain't getting out. Amen? Once you're in, there's no escape. The only ex I heard it said like this. The only escape from hell is right now. Amen. What are you talking about? The only escape from hell is right now. Why you got time to give your heart to Jesus. Once you get there, there's no hell was a place filled with a place of no escape. Did you hear me? It is a reality tonight. Yet people don't want to hear their sin being brought out. Let me tell you, sin needs to be preached on. All these people didn't like it. They didn't want to repent. They wanted to continue to live like they wanted to live. Like in today's terms, there are those that want the things of the world, but yet they want to go to heaven too. Let me tell you, there's a lot of lying that goes on at funerals. Hello, did I just say that? There's a lot of lying that goes on at funerals. And I'm not the judge. But I'm telling you, I've been to some and I just rolled my eyes what I've heard some say and some preachers say. Let me tell you, there's some I've stood up behind my own brother's casket. I would not say that he was in heaven. Because let me tell you, he was not, when I knew him alive, he was not where he needed to be. Unless something happened in the last few moments or while he was on that hospital bed that I don't know of, he was in hell. The way I preached it and the way I do somebody I'm not sure about is I preach it to the believers. You, he's made his choice. It's up to you. But there's a lot of lying that goes on at funerals. Oh, he was a good person. 
He was a good person, so he should make it in wrong. Wrong. The Bible says we got to be born again. Amen. Amen. Being good, I'm going to show you here in a minute, being good ain't going to save you. Amen. Listen, they'll get mad. People be, so these people begin to make excuses. They was trying to come up with ideas. What could we go against this apostle? What could we say against him? And we all challenge him. Though we could say, God's not speaking through him. God's not speaking it to him. In other words, what they were trying to say was, what the apostle was preaching was not from the Lord. Hello, I know what Paul preached was from the Lord. Let me give you a little nugget. There's some in the church world, and I call it the the, the, uh, apostasy church, that are trying to remove the letters of Paul, even in today's time. They didn't like what Paul had to say to them. So they began to say, listen, they wanted proof who what he was saying was in them. So they began to make their excuses. Let me explain where they could continue to live in their sin. But let's talk about salvation for just a moment. Salvation, first of all, is not a license to sin. Let me explain something. First of all, we are saved by grace and not by works. There's nothing good. Like I said, there's a lot of people come up with these excuses. Oh, they, must, they had to be in for all the good that they done. I'm not meaning no disrespect to Kobe Bryant. I respected him as a basketball player, and I got an autograph card with him over there with his name on it signed on a piece of his jersey that I got put up. <laughs> I got a hold of. I collect sports memorabilia like that. But I heard talking about he had to get in. He had to get in because all the good things that he done. Well, I applaud him taking care of the children and doing things for children. That's great. It's great to do something, but that don't guarantee one salvation. Salvation, of course, let's look, Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. Here is the definition. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. For it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. Get that. There you go. Salvation comes by what Jesus Christ did at the cross. Amen? Salvation comes by what Jesus Christ did at the cross. There's not one person under me could do enough good deeds that could ever earn their way up to the level of God. I'll tell you. You can come in here and hand me $10,000. Man, oh, you'll be your best friend. But that ain't going to get you a place in heaven. Man, you may get a place with the preacher. <laughs> but that ain't going to get you a place in heaven. Salvation comes by what Christ did at Calvary. There's too many today that's trying to earn their salvation. I'm going to explain something here in just a minute where the works come in. But works can never earn your salvation. Too many people aren't try to earn it. And that ain't what the Bible says. We can't earn it. We've got to have faith in what he did at the cross. Our faith 
or salvation comes by faith in what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary. Amen. I'm telling you today, even Mother Teresa, anybody remember her? She done a lot of good deeds, didn't she? But if her faith wasn't in Jesus Christ, she's as lost as the vilest sinner was. Ooh, I know that stepped on some toes. I'll just say it right here. Roman Catholicism is not Christianity. No, it is not. It's its own form of religion. They put Mary on a pedestal with Christ. They pray to her, pray to dead saints. You go ahead and do that all day. They ain't none of them going to answer you. And I'll pray to Jesus, and I guarantee you I'll get a response. There's one mediator between God and man, and that is Christ Jesus. But if her faith was in Mary or any other, the, the Pope or the system, they're lost. Goes to anything. If you're, faith, if you're looking to this preacher today for your way of salvation, you're lost. You got preacher religion. Amen. You don't look to the man. You look to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the one that paid the price. But salvation comes through the way of Jesus Christ. And by the way, he's the only way of salvation. He's the only way of salvation. I said he is the only way of salvation tonight. There ain't no Buddha. There ain't no Allah. There ain't no Muhammad. There ain't but one way. There ain't but one name given among heaven whereby we must be saved. And that is at the name of Jesus. All religions, some say all religions are equal. Hogwash. Hogwash. We tell you, Muhammad will get you a path before the court of date of heaven to hear the words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. There ain't but one way you can earn salvation. You don't earn it. It's a gift. Let me do, I misspoke there. There ain't but one way to get salvation, and that is through a gift of God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, what he did at the cross. Listen, the cross is the central theme of the Bible. Let me tell you, in the Old Testament, we see types and shadows of Jesus. We see prophecies of Jesus are coming. The law said you cannot earn salvation. Let me tell you, they had to go in once a year into the Holy of Holies and offer a sacrifice. But the bulls offering to bulls and goats was not sufficient. Even the priest, when they went into the Holy of Holies, they had to put bells on them. Because if you walked in there and there was sin in your life, let me tell you, the bells quit. They'd drag them out because they were dead. But salvation is by the blood of Jesus. Amen. Salvation ain't going to come through good works. It ain't going to come through good deeds. Let me tell you, yeah, you ought to attend church. Yeah, you ought to pray. You ought to do this. You ought to do that. You ought to give. But that ain't going to give you salvation. Amen. Yeah, if you want to give a big gift to the church, this preacher, and I'm sure Caesar there will accept it too. If you want to give a big gift to the preacher, I know he'll accept it. I'm just telling you. I learned how to reach out and grab a long time ago. The problem, people don't know how to grab, reach out and grab what God's got in store for them. No, but that don't mean you're going to get saved. You can put your name on a roll all day. 
but that don't guarantee salvation. When I put my faith in what he done, and I truly believe in him, I'll be a new creature in Christ Jesus. You see, we're saved by his grace. We're saved by his, what he done at the cross. But let me tell you tonight, even though we're saved by grace, even though we're saved by what he done, that does not give a man a license to live in open sin. What do you mean, preacher? In Romans 6, 1 and 2, Paul addressed that to the Roman church. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? What he's talking about, sin won't have dominion over your life. I'm not controlled by sin like I once was. The day I was born again, that was a change. Yes, I still fail. If you ain't never failed him in your walk, <laughs> I want to talk to you at the church because I want to see how you done it. Amen. Amen. I failed him in my walk. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Amen. Anybody else? Sometimes I blow it big time. I look back. But that don't mean sin's got dominion over me. When I talk about dominion over me, it controls me. I continually do it. I've been set free from that. I don't talk the way I once talked. I once had a sailor's mouth on me. I once did things that I'm not proud to. to things I did, I don't want to have any use to no more. I'm not controlled by those things. Grace gives me a license to be free from sin tonight. Amen? See, well, what grace does, he gives us a license that we don't have to live under the dominion of sin. You see, the grace of God will change one's life. Hello? You see, the grace of God will change one's life. He made a way. He made a difference in the way that I walk. He made a difference in the way that I talk. He made a difference in the way that I do things. Oh, did you hear me? But just like many in the Corinthian church, many do not want to hear the message of right living anymore. They don't want to, yes, I know we're not, I've explained we're not saved by works. But when we're truly saved by Jesus Christ, let me tell you, the works are going to testify that we've been changed by the grace of God. Listen, I don't hate nobody. Can people get under my skin? Yeah. That's flesh. But I don't hate nobody. Do I approve of the way people live? No. But I don't hate nobody. I can't hate nobody. Amen. Amen. Do I hold grudges anymore? No. You know what I learned to do? God forgive them. Even in certain cases, sometimes you've got to have the help of God. To forgive them. But it'll do more for you. It'll do more for you. Why? One time if you got on my wrong path, I was done with you. 
But today, let me tell you, you can cuss me like a sailor. If you're hungry, I'll give you food or a shirt on my back. Amen. Years ago, I couldn't say that. Years ago, I couldn't say that. I wouldn't even talk to you. Amen. What made the difference? Jesus made the difference. Jesus made the difference. Let me tell you, years ago, I've done things I wasn't proud of, but not anymore, because he made the difference in my life. Years ago, I seen things different than I see now. Uh-oh. At one time, I was blinded. I saw it the way the world saw it, but Jesus made a difference in my life. Amen? Let me tell you right now, he made a difference in my life. I got to say this so strong. My Lord, I'm gonna, uh, I thank the world of Brother Jack and his family. I want to show you, you cannot look at them and tell me that Jesus ain't in their life the way they done. Watch that video today of him and Caitlin up there. I said, what a testimony for the grace of God. Even Melissa her last couple days encouraging people before she went into eternity. Man, I like what Jack said today. She's still alive with Jesus today. Amen. What I'm telling you, the grace of God changes my life, changes my outlook, changes my things. Amen. Listen. Listen right here. The grace of God is where it's at. You see, when the grace of God comes in my life, what he did in my life, he changed it. The works that I do, I'm not perfect. I'm not because I'm still in this fragile human flesh. There's not one in here that has reached perfection. But I'm as saved as I'll ever be <laughs> on day one. The day I got saved, I was as saved as ever. They, I'm gonna, some people are going to get a, they may not like this statement, but I'm going to tell you. The day I come to Jesus, I was as saved as I'll ever be. Uh-oh, how do you mean that? Because, now, I didn't say nothing about sanctification, but my name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And I've stood strong with the Lord. Now, you can backslide and have your name erased. Don't, let's don't get that out of the question. Listen, he's still working on me. He's still changing me. His grace puts the, the works as evidence of the grace of God inside of her life what will you do if your enemy showed up on your front door wanting something to eat would you slam the door in their face and tell them to get off your property if you would you need to get saved tonight if you would you need to get your heart right before God because I'm telling you you're out of line I want you to think about it. Grace, his work, his grace gives us the works. They're just the work, the works just bear witness that the grace of God have been made manifest in our lives. But the Corinthian church did not want to believe the message of living right. They didn't want to repent of their sins. They didn't want to repent of their disorder and their dis irregularities. So as they questioned him, if Christ was really speaking to him, 
So Paul said to the Corinthian church, he said, examine yourselves. In other words, he's telling them, you need to take a hard look of what you, what's in your life. You better make sure your life's in order. You better make sure your house is in order. Before you start worrying about mine, you better make sure you ain't a reprobate. Let me tell you something. If Jesus was in them, Paul was, here's a good example. They would have, their spirit would have bared witness with that of Paul's. Jesus said it like this. John 10, 4 and 5. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And strangers will they not follow him. But will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. In other words, if Jesus was re really in them, they would have knew that what Paul was saying to them was truth. But they were getting upset. How many know sometimes the truth hurts? Amen. What Paul preached was kind of an offended. You know, I believe it like this. I like what Donnie Swaggart said, and I like this too. I believe everybody needs to get offended every once in a while. Hey, man, I believe everybody needs to get offended every once in a while. That means you need your feet stepped on every once in a while. Put them out there. I'll stomp them for you. Let me go put my boots on them first. Oh, he was saying you need to give yourself a spiritual examination. To see if Jesus is really inside of you. Now I want you to get this. A lot of people, I'm going to tell the church tonight. There needs to be an examination. Even in the, this body. Whether people are really in Christ tonight or not. In every church. Because I am convinced of this. There will be people that sit under my preaching that will miss heaven. Not because of my fault. No, I'll give you the gospel. I'm free from the blood. There'll be people that will sit on churches. Maybe in its church. Probably so. There'll be some that will miss the rapture. Because they're not where they need to be. There needs to be an examination take place. Just like when you go to a doctor. And anybody knows I don't like going to doctors. Some of them are quacks. Amen. <laughs> some of them you wonder how they got a degree. <laughs> I diagnose some. <laughs> I diagnose some better than some doctors can. <laughs> Google can, <laughs> by the way. Google the symptoms they can diagnose. Told somebody one time, I said, you'll know what it is when you're late. <laughs> you know. You'll know eventually what the last sign is. I'm just joking, but I'm serious. Sometimes we all go to doctors to get an exam, don't we? I feel like in the last couple years since I've been here, I've been in a doctor's office more than I have in my whole life. And I ain't happy about it. I've been on more medication than I've ever been. I'm just two pills, but I still don't like being on them. But yet, how many... Go to a for an spiritual examination. 
of their life. You see, a spiritual exam, I believe, is more important than a physical exam. Is there anything wrong with my walk? Is there anything wrong in my life that's not pleasing to Jesus Christ? People are in need of a spiritual examination, just like the Corinth church was. Think about it. One can hear messages time and time again about alcohol, about lying, about fornication, about hatred, about jealousy, about unforgiveness and strife. And I could go, oh, backbiting, whisperings, let's just envyings, swellings. We just go on and on with it. But they'll sit there and say, he's not speaking to me. That's not for me. Let me tell you what, when you say that, what that is. That is Satan working through you, challenging the Word of God. Well, I come to tell you tonight, yes, if you're the one saying you're not speaking to me, look at me plainly. Yes, I'm speaking to you. And more importantly, the Holy Ghost of God speaking to you. I don't know how much plainer I can get. <laughs> Trust me. I guess I'll have to shake some people. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to grab them and just pull them. <laughs> I'm speaking to you. I can't do that. Anybody ever wanted to do that? Just like grab them by the sleeve and say, I'm talking to you. Yes, I'm talking to you. People allow. They disregard that preaching. Because they say, it ain't, he ain't talking to me. Yeah, I'm talking to you. But more importantly, it ain't the preacher talking to you. It's the Holy Spirit of God talking to you. Let me tell you, I don't go looking at your life every day to get these messages. I have these messages prepared beforehand unless God changes them. It's the Holy Spirit. I used to tell the preacher, I'm entitled to half of your salary. Why? Because I think I've inspired half your messages. Anybody else with me? Then there are those who allow the cares of the world to choke the spiritual life out of them. You've heard, they've heard messages about seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things that shall be added unto them. But really... They'll sit there and amen, amen. Yeah, I put God first. But the majority of people don't even know what it means to put God first. Yeah, I'm speaking to you too. The reality is you put flesh before Jesus. We run to the ball game, we run to Walmart, but we can't get to the house of God. The cares of this world. I know I ought to put Jesus. If you know it, why don't you do it? You'll find your life will be a whole lot better. How about this? There are those. Let me get this. There are those that seem they don't have to be faithful 
and dedicated to the things of God anymore. I think that goes along the cares of life, but there's some people that think we can just come and go as we want. I'm speaking to you. God's coming for a faithful church. Coming for people that sold out to him. It goes right along with this last one. They have no heart for him. They have no desire for the things of God or they're half-hearted. Let's combine these two. When you don't have a desire for the things of God or just half-hearted in it, something's wrong. I dare to say if you don't have a desire for church or the Bible or praying, you're probably not even saved or backslidden. I dare to even say it. When you don't have a desire to spend time in his presence, something's wrong spiritually. People say, I'm ready, I'm ready. But they'll tell you why, a thousand reasons why they can't come to church. I heard it said, I just can't get out of bed on Sunday morning. Here's the answer to that, why you can't get out of bed. It ain't that you can't. You're too lazy. You don't believe me about early morning? Mary Magdalene was in the tomb before the sun rose looking for Jesus. Early in the morning, the psalmist said, I sought the face of God. 9.30 is too early, but you got to go to do something you want to do. Something's wrong. That ain't too early. We sang that song, Ain't No Grave Gonna Hold Our Bodies Down. Well, a lot of people, the sheets hold it down. <laughs> I'm speaking the truth tonight. I'm not here to be mean. I'm here to tell you better make sure your life's in order. How about this? I won't go to church because I don't like somebody. You hypocrite. Did I just say that? I'm going to say it again. You won't go to church because you don't like somebody. You're a hypocrite. You'll go to Walmart with somebody you don't like. You'll go to work with somebody you don't like. And probably that person you don't like will be in heaven before you get there. Did I just say that? But I've seen people like that. <laughs> you can't get along with people in church. How are you going to get along in heaven? I don't want you to come to the church I go to. So how are y'all both going to go to the same heaven? I'm telling you the truth tonight. My Lord, I'm trying to speak to this church. More importantly, the Holy Spirit is. But you're not talking to me, preacher. Look, take my shoes and tie up. I'm speaking to everybody in here. And to those that ain't here. May they get a hold of it online. Because I'm telling you, we better examine ourselves whether we're in the faith. Let me tell you, I said this before, and I'm going to say this again. If somebody comes to this church you don't care for, you don't have a right to tell them to leave, or they're not welcomed here. 
they ain't nobody. Only way I'm going to tell somebody if they're calling the disturbance, a disruption. That's the only way I'm going to tell somebody. If they're coming in here causing trouble, they got to go. But anybody else? Let me tell you, I don't care what they done to you yesterday, 10 years ago now, you need to get over it and set, go down there and sit beside of them. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And the Holy Spirit's talking to some people. We don't want to think, you better examine yourself whether you be in the faith or not. You better examine yourself whether Jesus will be inside of you or not. There needs to be an examination. I'm sad to say, sadly, there's going to be some just probably like in this current church that ain't nothing more than reprobates. They had religion but didn't have Jesus. Ain't it a shame? You better examine yourself whether Jesus be inside of you or not. I'm not just speaking to one person. I'm speaking to everybody. Trust me, God already spoke to me before he spoke to you about this. He preaches it to me before it gets to you. How many know that? He preaches to the preacher before God preaches to the preacher before it gets to you. But I'm telling you, Paul told him, you better examine yourselves. You better make sure. You better ask yourself, is Jesus really inside of me? You're going to find yourself to be a reprobate. There needs to be an examination that needs to go on. There needs to be some self-examination in our own lives. Where are we at with him tonight? Where are we at in our walk with him tonight? Where are we at with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Jazz, go ahead and get Marcy. Because I'm getting ready to hit my final point. Is my life pleasing to him? Hey, man, I'm going to show you something right here. You know what Christ told me? You know what the Bible tells us? We ought to judge ourselves. Hey, man, but we judge others. Uh-oh. 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 Before we start pointing, we better make sure some things are in order in our own life. I can't, let me tell you, I got a responsibility to preach. But I'm going to check my own life before I get in this pulpit and preach what I got to preach. Amen? How many know 1 Corinthians 11, 31 and 32 says, This is when the Lord's Supper, but it's good for this. If we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should nor be condemned with this world. Talking about self-examinations. Making sure things are where it needs to be. Jesus said it like this. Now let's hear the words of Jesus right here. In Matthew 7 and 3. And while beholdest thou the mote that is in thy own brother's eye. But considereth not the beam that is in thine eye. Or how would I say to thy brother. Let me pull out the mote out of thy own eye. And behold a beam is in thy own eye. Verse 5, thy hypocrite, <laughs> ain't the preacher, it's Jesus saying this. First cast out the beam out of their own eye, then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the moat out of the brother's eye. What he was saying there, let me tell you something. 
kid you a good example. You tell your kids not to drink, you better not have a refrigerator full of beer. Hello. There needs to be some self-examinations. I'm telling you, life's short. I said life is short. Life is short. Their life is short. Let me tell you something. Blows my mind. People, I'm going to just tell you straight up right here. People are dying every day. Every hour. Every minute. And every second. And there's not one that knows when their time is up. can know that everything's all right between me and the Lord. See, I'm convinced that God wants this church to give a self-examination and not just Houston down. I'm talking to churches around the world tonight. God wants us to examine ourselves. You can stand in here. Get ready to play. I'm telling you tonight, God, eternity is forever. Give this altar call like this. there one in here that says I'm not where I need to be I need Jesus in my life I need to be born again I need to ask for forgiveness tonight is there one in here is there one by a lift of hand maybe there's some that says I need to check my life that where I'm not where I need to be with you God God, is there something in my life that's hindering me? Is there something in my life that don't need to be there? Am I carrying something around that don't need to be carried? Something I'm unaware of that I thought I got rid of, but I've not got rid of. It's time tonight to get things in order. It's time tonight to search yourself and say, God, let me get rid of these things because I don't want to miss heaven. I don't want to miss glory. I don't want to miss spending eternity with you. Examine yourself and you won't have to worry about it. Get it under the blood of Jesus tonight. Get it under the blood of Jesus tonight. Get it under the blood of Jesus tonight. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Search us, O oh God, and cleanse us, O oh Lord. Make a vessel for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.